I'm glad all of y'all are here. This is good. You know, this, I, this church just attracts good-looking people. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I think it must be my wife. Because she's good-looking and, you know, that just draws, yeah, birds of a feather kind of thing, you know, sort of thing. My mom was good looking too. Uh, she's not here today, but she, uh, I'll see her again. And uh, she'll be better looking than I remembered her last time. That's for sure. Uh, in the first service, the guys didn't get around to singing Blessed Assurance. So I sang it for her because that was the only song she knew that we did. And uh, she, she, she probably would have sung the others as well. Uh, my dad would have, but it would have been off key, and uh, that's okay too. <sighs> Three things very quickly before I get into the sermon. One, uh, we, we've been doing this for several weeks now, so uh, I guess we need to explain it a little bit more. There will be a pastor out at the welcome center following the service. He is not out there. This is not. And, and this week it's going to be Wayne Berry. He's pictures out there, you know. Uh, so don't be scared off. Wayne, I've known him a long time. He's never bitten anybody that I have known. And he, he'll be out there. It's not for counseling. If you need counseling, do not stop and see Wayne Berry. Barbie Laughlin, go to her. <laughs> Bring it. Now he's out there in case maybe you're new or... or or maybe you've been coming for a little while, uh, but you just want to meet one of the pastors. Or you've been uh, seeing Wayne lead worship for a few weeks, and you just want to touch his hair or something. And, uh, you know, that, that would be, that'd be good. Just get in the line. and <laughs> Secondly, this is the week that Lamplighters open Steel Magnolia. So this Friday... Magnolias. It's a, it's a good show. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. So I encourage you to encourage you to come to that. And uh, it'll be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, this weekend and next weekend. And then lastly, I'm going to be mentioning this for a little while. Um, on June the 13th, which is a Monday night, we're going to have a, a special concert here. Uh, it's a ticketed event, so you have to to do that. But I I think the tickets are going to go pretty quickly. Uh, it's a group called Daniel Amos. Now, it's not a guy. It's a group called Daniel Amos. And they are, they're like icons from the beginning of the, the uh, co- contemporary Christian era back in the 70s. Had there been no Daniel Amos, there would have been no Steve Taylor. Had there been no Steve Taylor, there would have been no Newsboys. Were there no Newsboys, there would be no rapture that, that's, that's going to be happening. So Daniel Amos kind of started this, this, this whole thing. And they're going to be uh, they're going to be opened that night by um, a group of guys called Spy Machine that uh, go to church here. So I want to encourage you to encourage you to come to that. Now I hope you just keep those woohoo's up for the sermon. <clears throat> we'll be happy. I'll be happy. Uh, stand with me. We're going to read uh, four. Well, it's actually no, it's about four verses, and they're all pretty short. So. Give it all you got, all right? Let's see here. This is not working. Do you have me hooked up?
It's still not working. Ah, it just worked. Did I do that or did you? You did it. <laughs> She's a regular. I, I have to put up with her every, every week. All right, let's do it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit. Hold that one. Leave it. Okay, now you can move on. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power and the joy and the grace that is in your word. I pray that it would fill each heart today. I pray that you would take places that have been hard for a long time and make them soft. I pray that you'd take places that have been parched and dry for a long time and and that you would that you would quench and drench and satisfy them, Lord God. Pray that you'd take places that have been barren for a long time and that you'd make them fruitful in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Okay, I give up. Click it, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Barbie... Did a wonderful job. If you didn't hear last week's sermon, you need to go online. You need to get that sucker. You need to download it. It was good. She did a wonderful job. And part of it was due to a miscommunication because I had intended for Barbie to do the first four Beatitudes. But what I told her was Beatitudes one through four. And so she thought that meant verse one through verse four. Why would anybody think that? A lot of people would think that. That's exactly right. And, uh, but I was glad. About halfway through the sermon, I was going, man, I'm glad she did this. Because I'll get to preach two weeks about it now. And, but, but this is the perfect setup because she basically gave us permission to be happy yeah. as Christians. And, and I loved, I absolutely loved the, the imagery that she, that she built about when Jesus was first born and he uttered that first cry and the, and the wind picked up the vibration of that first divine cry and went, whoosh, he's here. You know, and stepped on the earth and the earth began to vibrate with his presence. He's here and stepped into the water to be baptized and all the oceans go, yeah, he's here. And then he goes up on the mountain to sit down and teach for the first time. Now, I know that literally this probably was not the first time that Jesus had taught, okay? If you want to be technical, if you want to be literal, then go ahead and be. You'll miss the point. The point was the Holy Spirit arranged the story in such a fashion that in the first gospel, when Jesus sat down to preach, to teach to the people for the first time, the first thing that came out of his mouth was happy, blessed. Who saw that coming? I... um. I don't think this was a bumper sticker. It might have been. Maybe it was a billboard. I don't know. But I saw a sign one time somewhere. Maybe some of you have seen it as well. That said, Jesus Christ is coming. And boy, is he ticked off. You know, and as you look around at the world, you can kind of get the idea that, yeah, I, I reckon he's ticked off. I wouldn't, wouldn't blame him. 
The truth of the matter is that 2,000 years ago, as you looked around at the world, there was plenty of reason to be ticked off. And so he comes, the rightful ruler, the rightful owner, the rightful king of this planet comes, and he, he sets down enthroned on a mountain with people under him. And you could, you could kind of anticipate that maybe the first thing that he might say might... <sighs> Might have thunderbolts coming out of it or something. And it did. Because he said, blessed. Happy. Wow. Christians don't necessarily seem to get that very well. I was driving, when I was driving to church this morning, I pulled down on the old Nashville Highway and there was a, uh, as I was stopped at the red light there at uh, Rocky Fork to pull out, there was a, a family pulled up behind me, and they were obviously going to church. How did I know they were obviously going to church? I knew because they were dressed like people going to church, and they had expressions on their faces like people going to the dentist. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Mom, Dad, little kid back there. I mean, seriously. And I'm sitting there going... Boy, I, I don't want to go where they I hope they're not coming to our church. <laughs> See, when Jesus says happy here, when he says blessed, what he's literally saying is to be envied. To be envied. Somebody that people would look at and go, wow, I want to, boy, I'd like to be like that. Wow. Sure would like to be like them. And yet, how often does that happen and Christians, some of the meanest places on the face of the earth are Christian chat rooms. I mean, seriously, I don't go to them anymore. I, you just, I don't. Uh-uh. I just, I don't want that spirit on me, quite frankly. What happened? Mahatma Gandhi is quoted as saying, if Christians would really live according to the teachings of Christ as found in the Bible, all of India would be Christian today. You know what? It wouldn't just be India. It'd be the, it'd be the whole world that could be basically taken over if we just somehow or another decided that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, if we somehow decided those things were maybe more important than being right. Oh, that was so good. We could win the world. People would look and go, I want to be one of those. I I would like to, I'd like to get on on some of that. (laughs) Happy, blessed. This is how Jesus lived. I mean, really, I, I am satisfied that it is. You know, the hard part for Jesus wasn't, wasn't the cross. The hard part for Jesus was the 33 years getting to the cross, where he had to put up with people, where he had to live with them. Seriously. And, and what sustained him through that was not the knowledge, I am right. No, I mean, he was right, and I'm sure that he, you know, that that helped. But what sustained him was the presence of the Holy Spirit pumping that righteousness, peace, and joy through him 24-7, 365. That's how he could deal with it. That's how he could put up with it, for sure. When I was growing up, there was a 
an old saying that, and, and let me just say this, happiness is not Joy's uh, stepchild. Uh-uh. Ha- happiness is the expression of joy. It is. I mean, happiness is when your face discovers that you have joy. If you have joy and you have no happiness, you are hiding it, your joy well from the world and from you when you look in the mirror. Seriously, I'm not talking about, you know, Pollyanna. I'm not talking about going through life like, ha, 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 ha. I'm talking about the Word of God. When, when it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, and some people think that it's love, and then all these other things are descriptions of it, the first thing standing in line is joy. When you're in love, oh, it just hurts so good. <laughs> you just got that. I mean, there's a joy that comes with it that you just can't stop. Seriously. Anyway, when I was growing up, there was this old saying, click this again, happiness depends on what happens. You ever heard that? You probably heard it from me. It's wrong. Jesus didn't believe that. Jesus said, happy are those. And let me tell you who those are. Let me tell you how to be one of those. And that's the four things that we're going to that we're going to look at here today is, is, is the four that we read. And so we're actually going to get into them right now. Uh, first is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when I, I began to get into this, I thought, okay, I can go to the Greek and I can look all these words up and I uh, can uh, ferret out, you know, some stuff. That, you know, the way Margaret, uh, not Mar- well, Margaret doesn't do that. I do it, but uh, Rodney does it and Barbie does it and, you know, I think Rodney makes up some of his Greek words, though, <laughs> to, to be honest. But to, in fact, I'm pretty sure that he does. But, you know, I could do that or <clears throat> I, could, uh, I could also use the Message Bible. So that, that's what I'm going to do. And in the Message Bible, it says you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. And when, I, and when I did go to the Greek, I discovered that literally that poor in spirit thing means someone who is begging for air. A beggar for air. And that sounds like the end of the rope. You know, that, that sounds like when you're, just hold on. Yeah, you know. That's, so I think that that's a pretty good, pretty good analogy. And the kingdom of God, of course, is where God rules. It's where God has his way. It's where God is in charge and he says this and that's it. That's, that's what's done. So you're blessed when you're at the, end of the, at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. Click this next one. Uh, this really doesn't have anything to do with the sermon, but I thought it looked cute. And uh, when you reach the end of your rope, make lemonade or something. I need to work on that one some more. Uh, but, I, but the frog, I mean, you know, frogs have good-looking legs. <laughs> okay, now, now we'll move on, get on with the sermon. When you're at, there are two ways to get to the end of your rope. I'm sorry, I, just, I couldn't help that. There are two ways to get to the end of your rope. One is you can you fight all the way. Expend all of your strength fighting all the way to get to the end of the rope. And sometimes 
Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes there's a purpose there. Sometimes that's what God is allowing us to do. And we're, and we're just holding on for everything that we've got and, and our faith is being built and our muscles are being built and all of these things are, are happening. And so sometimes that's the way you're supposed to get to the end of your rope. There's another way to get to the end of your rope. And that would be let go. Just let go. And you know what? Sometimes that's what you're supposed to do as well. Just fall in your father's arms. Just kind of go, okay, it's, I, I can't hold on to this rope anymore. I'm not supposed to hold on to this rope anymore. Uh, I don't see anything, but I know he's there. Just kind of let go. Let me give you a couple of examples of this, because there are examples of this actually happening in the Bible. One of the examples is John the Baptist. He said, I must decrease, he must increase. John's ministry had become pretty successful. This is over in the third chapter of John. It's where, it's where John the Baptist says this. John's ministry had become pretty successful. Um, and it, it had been a struggle because anytime ministry is successful, it's going to be a struggle. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have things coming against you, especially if you're trying to do anything for the kingdom's sake. And he was announcing the kingdom. He was the forerunner. So he had, he had things coming against him at, you know, he was on a roll. Things were, things were going pretty well. People, people were coming. Uh, there was some momentum going there. And then his disciples come to him one day and they say, you know, that guy, a guy that you baptized, you baptized him. He, he came to you for baptism. I mean, you know, the, the, the lesser is baptized by the greater. That's the way it is, right? Uh, no, it's not. But anyway, that, that, you know, he came and you baptized him. Well, he started he started another church right over here, and people who used to come to this church are going to his church now. That guy you baptized, people are going to him to be baptized now. What are we going to do about this? We probably need to, we need a marketing campaign. We need to, we need to get some demographic studies done. We, we got we to sort this thing out. And John goes, Phew. Man can only receive what's given to him from above. I must decrease. He must increase. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. And that's not me. I'm just the friend of the bridegroom. And when I hear his voice, I'm happy. It's time to let go. It's time to, it's time to let go. My, my, my days are numbered. Another example is Paul. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. We, we don't know what that thorn was. It might have been a thorn. Anybody ever think of that? <laughs> but he had a thorn in the flesh. And the scripture says three times he, he pleaded with God to take it away. Now, Paul... Paul was not the was not a shrinking violet. When if Paul got in your face, Paul got in your face. That's the way that he dealt with people. And I got a feeling that his relationship with God probably wasn't a whole lot different from his relationship with people, because that's often the way that it works. And so I and, and I'm sure that God was cool with that. I mean, I'm sure that God was going bad. <laughs> Look at him. You know, I I made this guy, he is a scrapper. Come on, let's see it, Paul. And I'm sure that Paul 
brought it. God, take this away from me. I've preached divine healing. I've touched the sick and they get well. Help me now. Ah, And God said, nothing. It came again. God's nothing. Came again. You know, and God, I can see God kind of going, you think we ought to make him do it seven times? Or it's three enough. Yeah. And then God finally said, uh, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. See, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You just hold on. See, sometimes, what, what you got to do is you got to hear from God. Sometimes you're supposed to just hold on. I mean, maybe you're just such an honorary cuss that you're going to do it in your own strength and God's just going to go, well, we're going to get rid of that. So you got to hold on. And sometimes God says, let go. It's time to let go. And the, the key is to listen. The important thing is that in either event, he's got it. He's got it. He's in control. When you get to the end of your rope, and then he's able to call all the shots, you're happy. You're happy. Second one that he came up to is, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. What a strange-sounding verse that is. Give me, give me the, the message Bible. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then... Can you be embraced by the one most dear to you? Uh, that's a little different take. And it's a, it's a good one. And we see it in some areas of life, though it's hard for us to acknowledge it. But let me take you to some of those areas. A, a number of years ago, there was a movie that came out. What about Bob? How many of you saw What About Bob? Okay. All of the rest of you are culturally deprived. You, you really need to see what about Bob. And basically it's about this guy who's a, who's a psychiatrist. Richard Dreyfuss plays a psychiatrist. Oh, and, he's, and, he's, and he's a digger. I mean, you know, he's, he's climbing that, that corporate ladder. He's building his reputation. He's writing his book. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's getting there. And Bob comes into his life, and Bob is this neurotic mess comes into his life and just won't go away. And I, I, I have to admit, the first time that I went to see that movie, I had, uh, I had, I, I don't know, I, I think I was under some stress because I, I went away just wanting to, just, just, just wanting to kill Bill Murray because I identified with Richard Dreyfus so much. I go, get rid of Bob, you know. And then I and I walked out of there going. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Because <laughs> there was. You see, the, the, the whole idea was that you got this one guy who's digging, 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 going, 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 and you got, but he's got this family that he doesn't even know is there. He's got all of this joy laying around him, all of these wonderful things he could do, none of which he does. You lose a job, lose a business, lose something of that nature. Uh, there's two things you can do with it. You can either 
just desperately try to hold on to it, or you can mourn it and let it go. And go, okay, God, me and you, I guess. He goes, yeah, I guess. And, and it's not just this. Uh, also, what if your electricity went out for a night? Now, what would you do? You know, no lights, no internet, no television, no microwave. You, you might have to, to light a candle and talk to people in your house. Say words to one another. Back and forth. Might have to go build a campfire to, to cook bacon over or something like that. You know, and, you, and you'd probably kind of get up the next day sort of going, that was different. But you know what? That I, I, I feel different. Not necessarily in a bad way. The big one, of course, is, uh, is death. Because when death comes and takes somebody away, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I find myself saying this a lot lately. I'm a little concerned about it. But, uh, you know, the older I get, the more I look at death just so differently from what I ever thought I would growing up. Because I, I know I know there's some really cool stuff just right over there on the other side. I know there's some amazing stuff over there. And, and I, I, and I kind of feel like I was created for that, maybe a little more than I was created for this. And in some ways, it just kind of looks like the great adventure. And, you know, there, I know there are beauties, beautiful things out there that I've not seen, that I want to see. And there's, there, there's magnificent stuff out there to, to, to hear and, and taste and touch. And I want to hear and taste and touch those things. And so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with being here for another 30 years or so, as long as I can, you know, s- still beat most of you in golf. But I, but I, uh, at the same time, when the time comes, I, I think I'm pretty cool with that too. Just am. It's the ones who are left behind who got it hard. It's hard. And generally, one of two things happen. Generally, there's either this tendency to get mad at God. Why did they have to die? Everybody dies. It's just a matter of when. I mean, some seem far more untimely than others. But everybody does. But you know, and I understand there's that tendency, and you know, and if and if you're and if you're there for a while, God certainly understands that, can deal with that. You just don't want to live there. You don't want to camp there. You want to, oh, you want, the other thing is though, sometimes I, I, when people leave that are so dear and so close and so near in our lives, and they mean so much to us, and there's such a, a gap created. That was there. Those are the times, more than any other, that I've seen people who were here and God was here move the most toward Him and allow Him to begin to come in. I mean, when when it says that blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who lose something that was important, 
to be embraced by the one who really is important. He's called the God of all comfort for a reason. And when he does that, that's how you can mourn and be blessed, be envied. Where the world looks at you and goes, wow, I don't know how you're doing that. Wish I could go there. Wish I had that sort of resource, that sort of strength. And then the third one here. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. Now this obviously isn't, uh, isn't referring to the surname because they would say meeks, which, you know, my dad almost changed our name to meeks once. He got so tired of it. He said, that's what everybody calls us. I'm just going to start signing meeks. And I said, no, you're not. That's illegal. You, you, you can't do that. And besides, I'm meek and we're not going to be related anymore if you, you know, if you go there. <laughs> What uh, Peterson says is you're blessed when you're content with who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Oh, oh. Meekness is gentleness. And it denotes a gentleness of spirit that is content with who one is. Just is content with who one is. Grasping is done. It's finished. You know, there's no more. I'm trying to be this. I'm trying to be that. I, when I was in my, my early 20s, I don't know if I, well, I don't know. It's probably just some people, but I, I ended up with being one of those people. When I was in my early 20s, I was kind of thinking, you know, there are people out there who are teenagers who are already famous. And here I am, 21 years old. I am behind the curve. Now, I know not everybody felt that way, but there's some who feel that way. You know, or you get 40 or something and go, what have I done? You know, nothing. Grasping is is finished. Grasping is finished. Now, not only that, uh, selfishness. Selfishness is done. And what he's saying here is that when you get to the place where you no longer have to possess things, then you own everything. Or may I, that's a magnificent concept. The last uh, few months, Margaret and I have gotten into Doctor Who. And, you know, there's probably only a dozen or so of you who, who watch it, but those who do, you're, you're, you're bit. You have the bug. And, uh, but Doctor Who's a terrific show, and this guy flies around space in, in, uh, in his spaceship. Yeah, which is a, which is a blue police call box from the 1950s. And, you know, at first it looks kind of cheesy, just to be honest with you. But after a while you buy into it and you're, and you're there. But the, this thing's called a TARDIS. And the cool thing about the TARDIS is that when people go inside, they discover it's much bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. That's kind of what Jesus is talking about here. Whenever we're willing to just be what we are on the outside, just little old insignificant, totally important Jesus died on the cross for me, then we get big on the inside. That's, we're going to do a, uh, an, an object lesson here real quick. Uh, you can go ahead and do this other slide. Take your hand and put it in front of you and make a fist. Yeah. And, and, and if, you, if, if, you, if you don't do it, if you're inclined to not do it, just think, I'm glad I got a hand. 
you know, make a fist, and then do like this and open your hand. Now, the question is, which one can hold the most? This or this? Now, and there is a way in which this can hold tighter, for sure. You you can hold on a whole lot tighter with that fist, but you can't hold much. You can't hold anything with this, but you can hold a lot. <laughs> when uh, back in the back in the seventies, it was fun to see people come to uh, uh, charismatic worship services for the for the. The first few times. Because the first time they came, they usually would come and they would leave looking like. You know, not going there anymore. <laughs> and then, you know, about a month later or six weeks later, you'd see them kind of coming back in. Maybe kind of coming in. You know, they sit down. And, and the whole idea is, you know, if you get, if they came two or three times, you'd have them. Right. And they but they would be kind of looking around at everybody going, I don't think I can do this stuff. You know, and and what they were talking about by this stuff was mostly this. Right. And and, you know, they would go through the the progression, the uh, the progression. Yeah. Which starts out like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it really isn't even this. It starts out. uh, Let's shake hands, God. And then, you know, and then they'd work their way up to that. And then they'd get a double anointing, (laughs) double portion, get up to this one, you know, work their way into that, you know, and then finally, ah. now, you know, I like, ah, you know, touchdown, Jesus, yes, great, we win. I like this one too, man. I love this one. This one is, yeah, just pour it on me, God. Uh, my hands are open. My life is open. Just whatever you have. That's, that's what I want. And that's what Jesus is saying here. When you get to the place that you're, that you're able to just go, whatever you have. You know, I don't own anything. It's all yours. When you don't possess anything, then you own everything. You discover that the stuff that money can't buy now belongs to you. Okay, one more. Last one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I had a friend who um, I knew in college real well, and so when I came to the Lord, he didn't like it. He he was ticked off about that. And uh, so he tried to talk me out of it for a while. And uh, I think, you know, it's been it's been going on 40 years now, but I, I think he's about to come around. But, uh, hey, that's, you know... Forty years is not much in, in terms of eternity. But uh, he came to me one day and he said, do you take the Bible literally? And I said, yeah, yeah, man. Shoot, yeah, the Bible's literal. And he said, well, how about the blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, huh? huh? Does that mean you, your stomach's supposed to hurt and your mouth's dry? Oh, that's stupid. I, the Bible's literal. You know, actually he was right. Uh, because, you know, sometimes some things are figurative and this this one's figurative, but... What he's talking about is not, you know, having a, a belly ache and, and a dry mouth, but he's talking about wanting, wanting righteousness. And, and Peterson says, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink. 
and the best meal you'll ever eat. My mom, as I said, isn't here, and I obviously, as with most of us, you remember things that your mom used to say. And uh, one of the things that I remember my mom saying, probably more than anything else, believe it or not, was uh, was this one. Uh, you fill up on all that junk and you'll spoil your supper. <laughs> and of course, you know, I knew it all. So I go, no, I won't. I'll eat this junk and my supper. And sometimes I would, and sometimes I'd just eat the junk, and the supper wouldn't happen. But this is our lives, people. This is our lives. And you fill up on all this junk, you'll spoil your supper. You'll spoil what's, you'll spoil what's real. You'll spoil what'll really do it for you. You know, during Lent, we... uh uh I haven't really talked about Lent much the last few years, but uh, for a number of years, we really encourage people to get a little creative with it. You know, it's not just about food, giving up some food for Lent. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I always, when somebody tells me, I always go, what'd you, you know, when somebody tells me I'm giving up bread for Lent, I'm going, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to find out about bread. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, I'm giving up sugar for Lent. Good, good luck with that. Don't read the labels. Yeah. But uh, encourage people to get a little creative with it. And uh, I know one year I gave up uh, talk radio. I just kind of gotten in a place where I got in the car, turned the radio on, listened to that. You know, and about usually about five minutes into it, I would sort of go, this is really stupid. And I'm really wasting my time here. What did he say? You know, I think if Christendom gave up talk radio for 40 days, that, that those chat rooms would be nice to enter again, probably. Uh, but anyway, one of the girls in the church here, I think, gave up media for Lent, uh, including texting and stuff like that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. But the thing is, as you do this, when, when you do this, you get out the other side, you kind of discover, you know what? That really wasn't making me happy. I mean, doing all that stuff wasn't really... I actually feel better now without it than I did when I had it. You follow what I'm saying? Food doesn't satisfy for long. Righteousness is... Righteousness is... When it says hunger and thirst for righteousness, right, it's not about me. It's not about, oh, I want to be righteous. There's only one that is righteous. And the hunger and thirst for righteousness is the hunger and thirst for the one who is righteous. I want some righteousness in my life. I, I, I want some more of God in my life. And some people may go, well, what, what is right? Well, I mean, I'm going to help you here. Here's the definition of right. This is what right is. Right is whatever God does. And you may go, well, I, I can't go there. Well, you're going to. Because that's the definition of it. Whatever he says is right. Whatever he does is right. His decisions are right. His judgments are right. He's right. And he's righteous in all of his ways. Everything he does. 
And that's where the satisfaction is. Food won't, won't satisfy you. You know, you, the best meal you've ever had. Think about it. Think about the best meal you ever had. You still wanted another one. Toys don't satisfy. You know, when I was a kid, I remember at Christmas time, you get, you get these toys and, and you'd be so excited. It's just so great, man. I'm so, I'm so happy. See? But uh, within 48 hours, whether it was broken or not, you know, the, the glow was off of it. You know, you get older, the toys get more expensive, they get bigger, you know. Car, new car, <clears throat> smell that. Yeah. Uh, maybe, that'll, maybe that'll get you through a couple of months. Cars get dirty. And, you know, you're, you're, I remember the first, I remember the first computer I got with a hard drive. I remember thinking, <laughs> this is all I am ever going to need. Yeah. Yeah. And then within a year or so, you're kind of going, ah, this thing is so slow. And I've got to pull stuff off this hard drive. I will keep all my stuff. Toys don't satisfy for very long. Food doesn't satisfy. Toys don't satisfy. Sin doesn't satisfy. You know, there are people who are of the opinion. Oh, yeah, I'll go there. I, this, this won't take too long. Believe me, and it, it's worth listening to. You'll either hate me or love me after it's over. Uh, I've been discussing with, with some people here lately about the, about hell, the concept of hell. I believe in hell. Hell's real. Absolutely is. But I don't believe that I was called to preach hell. I believe I was called to preach Jesus. And I, and I think one is a lot more attractive than the other. And, but there, there's an idea among some people out there that the world is full of happy sinners. Sinners who are just so happy that the only way we're going to get them to Christ is to scare them about where this happiness is going to take them. They're not happy. They know that their life is a mess. They know that sin has got them by the throat. They know that they're being led around by the nose. They're tired of being controlled. They're tired of being tired. The only problem is they don't see anybody doing it any better. That's what the problem is. If they saw somebody they could envy, if they saw somebody they could go, I want to be like that. Sin doesn't satisfy very long. It's, it's, it's just pleasurable for a little season. When we get to the place where all we want is Him, then we can be satisfied forever. Jesus said, Whoever drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I give him will never thirst. When I was a kid, we used to do this thing that uh, it was called play outside. Kind of an ancient concept. And we would do it in the summertime when it was hot. 
And it was fun. It was fun. Let's play two. You know, I mean, I, I just, it was great. The problem was you, you'd get real thirsty. I mean, you'd under, you'd begin to understand what thirst was about the seventh inning. You know, you get out there, it'd be, be great. And, and then when you get real thirsty, you'd come and, uh, you take a break and you all run up to the house and turn the hose pipe on. Yeah. And you need to let it run for a few seconds because the first few seconds of water in the hose pipe is hot. Yes, indeed. But after it runs for a few seconds, you just. Oh. I mean, it, it had that little plastic taste to it, but it was the best water you ever tasted. <laughs> best water you ever tasted in your whole life. It's just great. And I remember when I, when I first came across this verse in the Bible, thinking, wow, never get thirsty. Woo. We could play three. We wouldn't have to stop at two. We could just go all day. Wow. I want, that'd be great. I want some of that. It's available. And those who work up a good appetite for it, happy people. Would you stand with me? <laughs> ah. Well, those are going to pray for people come forward at this at this at this time. And if you're uh, if you're here and you need prayer, uh, come. That's what this time is for. If you're if you don't know Christ as your Savior, we'd love to introduce you to Him. If you uh, if you need a physical healing, if you need a financial healing, if you need relationships healed, if you need wisdom, you may be at a place where you're holding on to that rope. You go, am I supposed to keep hanging on? Or am I supposed to, which, one, which one am I supposed to do? You need wisdom. God gives that as well. So we're just going to worship for a few moments. And for those who don't need to come, hey, that's great. Because get to worship for a while for those who do need to come you come and then uh, and then I'll pray a blessing over you then we'll all go eat let's do it out on the farthest edge there in the side was torn to shreds my heart in the balance you were there always always faithful always good
Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who sent his son into the world to declare and establish the kingdom righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit may you hunger for that righteousness may you have that joy peace that may be expressed through your life in Jesus Christ our Lord Amen